Hey, it's Bartender Journey, episode number 70. I'm Vince, and this is the show that talks all about bartending, everything from cocktail and spirit knowledge to bartending tips and bar management tips. A lot of times I do interviews with people in all sorts of different facets of the bar business. Like this week, I got a chance to visit Cocktail Kingdom. They're the suppliers of high-end bar tools, bitters, cocktail books, and things like that in Manhattan. And I got a chance to sit down with the CEO, Greg Bohm, and the general manager, Ethan Kahn. And as I say in the interview, this business is somehow much more than just selling bar tools. These guys immerse themselves in cocktail history and culture. They showed me around their private library of cocktail books that dates back hundreds of years, believe it or not. And they also have all kinds of rare bottles sitting around the office, so that was interesting. By the way, I hope you got a chance to listen to the previous two episodes, which has my two-part interview with the great Mr. Jorg Meyer. He owns a couple of awesome bars in Hamburg, Germany, and he's very knowledgeable about the bar business and cocktails and bartending. He's a super nice guy. I really enjoyed speaking with him. And uh, his bar, Le Leon de Paris, won many international awards, including Best New Cocktail Bar at Tales of the Cocktail a couple of years ago. He's a lot of fun, and I consider him a friend now. So make sure you listen to the previous two shows, number 68 and 69, for a lot of great insight and a very interesting and entertaining conversation. Okay, without further ado, here is Cocktail Kingdom. Oh, cool. Um, which was the episode I was listening to? The one about the nightclub and bar show this year. Oh, okay. Um, which was a speci- of special interest because uh, we actually attended it. So oh, yeah. I want to hear what your take was on that. Yeah. It's an interesting show. Um, yeah, we mix it up. We do different things. You know, sometimes it's interviews. Sometimes we just sit and chat about bartending. And sometimes, oh, uh, you know, the way to show you all about bitters recently. That, nice, that nice. was one of our highest downloaded. Or we'll talk to a bourbon expert or a beer expert. You know? awesome. So it's uh, how long have you been doing? The, uh, it's uh, a little over a year now. Oh one wow, a, one a week. So uh, great. Yeah. How did you, you get into it? Were you bartending beforehand? Yeah, or? I bar I bartend now and uh, bartend bartended for years when I was younger and then got away <laughs> from it for a while and mm. then got back into it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, well, you know, it's certainly experiencing a hell of a revival. Like, yeah, like yeah, nothing that's ever happened before. It's right? amazing. Yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you attribute that to? Anything in particular? I think, personally, as just a theory, but I think it coincides with um, with the rise in the local food movement, the, you know, back to higher quality, right. that sort of, the, we're really paying attention to the best sort of product that we can offer, more along the lines of like the rise of heirloom, uh, different heirloom species and chefs focusing on that. So you start to see this real care for your craft and... Right bartending had fallen by the wayside and I think they probably saw something similar you know we have we have this whole history going we have these products that are really 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 uh, cultivated but well curated and well uh, well developed they have hundreds of years of history let's get into this let's get more interesting and um, I mean you know spirits have always had a nice bartending especially has always had a nice yeah cool. I think I it's mean, that's what I that's what yeah I yeah I see it coming you know people got interested in wine and the, how it's made and where it's made and who's making it and then, mm-hmm. you know and then there was uh, uh, beer and then it moved into spirits and, and cocktails as well I think. yeah exactly but it's it's a yeah it's a fun uh, I, fun progression I don't think it's so neat and tidy as I put it out because yeah. you, really what you have is it starts back in in the 80s with Del de Groff yeah. um, and him really starting to take pride him and a, a few other ones um, mm-hmm. like Dick Bradsell in England like really starting to take pride in what they were putting out and coming up with new cocktails that weren't just sweet thing here sweet thing here let's slap a stupid name on it but right. let's <laughs> let's really start to develop this and, and let's make a real old fashioned we still got Angostura we still have good rye you know let's let's take out the seltzer water let's take out the maraschino cherry um, 
cool. Let's make something. We'll make like a real a real product here. Yeah. So. Yeah, in the classic way. That mm -hmm. seems to be kind of a uh, running theme around here is the classic cocktail and the, uh, the uh, there's a lot, I know you guys are into classic cocktail books and things. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, so Greg, and he'll be in just one second. All right. Um, he, his background, I'm sure he'll tell you more about it, but his background is, is originally publishing. And through that, he got into antique book collecting, specifically antique oh. bar guide collecting. Oh, okay. And so he came up through that. So there's definitely a ton of history. Um, you know, that informs us, and he's also got the collection, um, a large collection of vintage bar tools. So, you know, we're certainly informed by history, but we're always looking forward, mm -hmm. um, and we're always trying to develop new products that respond to what bartenders want, what they want to be seeing, what is troubling about existing products. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so we take, we take your shaker, and we take your shaker tins, and we realize there's no consistency, we realize that if we put slight angle on the lip, they'll break apart more easily when you need them to, but they'll stay together when you don't want them to fall apart, and all of a sudden you've got this product that it is just straight up tins, but it's a fast, fast, fast market improvement. Great, so, great. Greg? Hi. Yes. Great. Pleasure. Great. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Greg. Thanks for uh, spending a couple minutes with us. Yeah, I don't know if you got a chance to uh, check out our show. We've been doing it for over a year now. Uh, mm -hmm. Once a week, we talk about bartending and... Um, Cocktail culture and uh, everything, mm -hmm. specific products and things. So uh, I thought it'd be fun to uh, come and meet you guys. Thanks for coming. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, yeah, we we're just uh, chatting a little bit about the re revitalization of uh, cocktail culture, and mm -hmm. uh, I know you guys are really into the history of the cocktail. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of old old books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I believe the largest collection of antique cocktail books in the world. That's cool. There's another very good collection in Munich after that, I don't know, of any that are quite as substantial. Uh-huh. What do you find so fascinating about the the, the, yeah. the old, original, classic cocktails? Um, well, I mean, we started doing reproductions of antique cocktail books just because the cocktail books go back to a time when bartending was a very respected profession, mm -hmm. which actually in the last few years it's become again, but when we started doing this it really wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and I just think it's nice to see you know, in the old books just the respect for the profession, the professionalism in general, the way the books were put together. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course trends throughout years. I mean, it's always fascinating to see what people were drinking when and it's a nice because books have a date in them so you can figure out roughly what was mm -hmm. popular, what right. was dated, when something was born. Do you have any predictions on where this whole movement's going in the next, say, two to four years? It's interesting. I'm... I'm a little worried about it in the sense that mostly uh, for the first time I'm drinking pretty much bad cocktails again Yeah. because everybody's <laughs> trying to follow without knowing what they're doing and so uh, there's a lot of, everybody has a cocktail list and it's almost that like you have to have a cocktail list to be right. taken seriously these days but they may not have anybody there making cocktails so uh, still the places that were great in New York and other cities are, most of them are still great. Mm -hmm. um, but it's uh, interesting to see it spreading so thin mm -hmm. and the talent being spread so thin. It's the same as you know, when a, the NBA adds four more teams, all these have the same number of great players now spread across four more teams, mm -hmm. except this is even exponentially more. So uh, I'm excited to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that the, a lot of the cocktail bars, though, that I do like. Um, aren't preaching to the converted anymore. There's actually people going in who just heard about it, and that's mm -hmm. exciting to me. 
Yeah. So it's, uh, but I'm not sure. I mean, I think um, there's uh, hopefully the quality will start dialing back in again. You know, my hope is that the what's the expression the rising tide raises all ships, you know. Yeah. So it's sort of like uh, the other bar in the in the in the Hey Bartender movie, you know, yeah. the one in Connecticut and mm. he was you know, he was the guy serving sour mix out of the gun and then yeah. he went and to mm. tell the cocktail and just, you know, decided I need to do something better. Yeah. You know. So uh, you know, I th- that's my hope anyway. <laughs> I think you're gonna see a lot more education on the part of your average consumer. Right. Which is actually I think you're seeing that already. Mm. Um, I was at some I can't remember. It was it was definitely a, a a bar where you could be very confident about the cocktail that you get. And some gentleman next to me ordered a gin and tonic uh, with some gin that wasn't on the menu. You know, a, a very popular one. And the bartender turned to him and said, "Well, we don't have that, but we have a few others. You know, would you like to taste them? Would you try them?" And the gentleman, the customer at the bar, was like, "Sure, I'd like I'd like to try one or two different gins, neat and sip the and guys sipped them and said very interesting." And, you know, went back and chose a different one. And I think, like, even four years ago, you would have had somebody say, I'm not going to drink gin neat. That's disgusting. That's yeah. why we mix it with stuff. Right. But nowadays, you, you have this, this education that, you know, what we're drinking, even the base spirits, can, can really be this uh, interesting, interesting, um, well-developed product. And right. It's, well, it's nice to, yeah. you know, a lot of the bars you go into in Manhattan these days, you sit at the bar, the person, you can have an intelligent conversation with them about bourbon or, yeah. you know, <laughs> or uh, even old fashions. And, and yeah, I mean, it's been good for Cocktail Kingdom because we make high quality barware and the more educated the bartenders are, the more, some people buy the barware just because they, they've heard it's good, but most of, most of our customer base understands the advantages to proper barware if you're trying to make proper cocktails. Mm-hmm. And of course, as the demand for proper cocktails grows, so does the demand for bartenders that know what they're doing. And, right. You know, it just, as you said, a rising tide. Mm-hmm. So. Do you find many of your, what's the split between professional and sort of hobbyist or home bartenders? I mean, majority is professional bartenders. Uh huh. But the, I mean, home bartenders are sort of a big part of our business. Eh? Uh-huh. But I don't know the exact percentages, but it's definitely the majority of what we do is business to business, but there's certainly plenty of home bartenders buying things for mm-hmm. us. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun hobby for people. Yeah. We have some of our, same thing, some of our listeners are sort of uh, home cocktail enthusiasts, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I see your uh, your mixing cup everywhere and pictures and competitions, yeah. and, and uh, it's proprietary to Cocktail Kingdom. Correct, the Yari mixing glasses. Uh, yeah, we own the name Yari. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, I introduced that a few years back, and it's just changed bartending. Now you can bartend with, you can stir two drinks at once. Some people can stir three or four, actually, but uh, <laughs> yeah, as opposed to a, a narrow base pint glass, which you have to hold with one hand and stir with the other, you can, yeah. you know, it's wider based, um, things like that. It just created a better efficiency. It's kind of a litmus test of a quality cocktail bar. If you walk into a bar, you see a Yara mixing glass. If you don't know the bar, you're like, hmm, somebody here mm-hmm. must care. Right. Let me try a cocktail. Right. I walk in and you see the barware is really not that great. Mm-hmm. Unless you know that it's good, then you should yeah, have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pint glass, I think the other advantage is if you can stir it without putting your fingers on it yeah. and making it, you're making it right. wrong. Right, you're fighting. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a cool thing. But yeah, I think, I, do you think that's a big like we were saying before, the educated consumer or guest walks in and now they're expecting to see higher end things. Yeah, I think so. And also just when you walk in and the bar setup is attractive, I think it's almost like a a neon sign saying cocktails, cocktails. (laughs) I mean, even if the customer's not totally aware of what the barware is, the Mm -hmm. fact that there's this beautiful array of 
dasher bottles and mm-hmm. you know nice mixing glasses and these shiny spoons. Mm. I think it's more you know, it's more likely the customers go, let me try a cocktail. Yeah, yeah, this is a higher end place. Right? Yeah. yeah. It calls out to be used, to be it says to the customer, you know, come over here, it's it's something that we're offering. We take pride in it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason uh, for it. Maybe you want to not get a glass of wine. Right. You want to order a drink from us. So. <laughs> Were you involved with the uh, Manhattan Cato Classic at all? No, no, no. no. You said you went to the nightclub and bar show. But, nightclub and bar uh, show. Yeah. Back in uh, end of March. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And or Tales of the Cocktail. Tales of the Cocktail. We take over the gift shop in the Monteleone. So oh, that's right. Yeah. We're there. Right. Our, right. Most of our staff is there for a full week. Oh wow! Cool. So we do a lot. We also support a lot of the people that are doing the lectures because we have the antique book library is a working library. Mm-hmm. So people who are researching their lectures there, their <laughs> seminars, often come through here. And then people that can't get here, we just we love to send any information. So mm. people ask us, you know, what is the traditional garnish for the old fashioned and how to change <laughs> over the years? It's like, all right, uh, you go into the old books and see it, and, uh, send that send that information out. So we're involved in a lot of ways. And then Don Lee, who works at Cocktail Kingdom, runs the CAP program, which is the apprentice program at Tales of the Cocktail as well. Mm-hmm. So we're extremely involved in that show. Oh, cool. Well, I'll see you guys down there this year. Yep. <laughs> what, what's nice is when we're down there, we, you know, with the gift shop, we're able to offer uh, bartenders around the country that don't really get a chance to come into the showroom. They can yeah. get a hands on the tools. They can look at it. They can pick something up. Um, although we do offer a free shipping uh, special whenever we're down there. but. So we, we've got that, um, and of course all international bartenders if they want to save on it and take home some stuff. But then we also have the people that run up to the booth, like, Greg, Ethan, it's five minutes till my lecture, my tins went missing, uh, I'm on flight down, can you please help me out? So it's kind of nice to be able to see all sides of that. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, did you start as a as a sort of wholesale operation, or you have, you have this sort of... Uh, showroom up on the fifth floor it's not mm-hmm. something you would walk by and wander in you'd have well, to know you'd have to know storefront nor do we have <laughs> being one yeah. we're definitely I mean, originally it was completely uh, business to business uh-huh. um, and then people just started to find their way into our offices so when we moved offices we still stayed in an office building on the fifth floor but we built at least a, a showroom area within our office our old office didn't even have that yeah people would just show up yeah. <laughs> but um but at this point, we welcome them. I mean, we have somebody. We have a showroom manager. We have somebody here. We keep inventory here at, at the showroom, so people can come by. During people get confused a little bit because it's only business hours. Right. We, you know, ten to five mm. uh, is you know, weekdays. Yeah. So it's just um, it's not really efficient for us to have a actual storefront. Right. The rent yeah. would be too high, and we yeah. you ninety know, percent of what we're focusing on is shipping orders all over mm-hmm. the world. Yeah, well, it's a neat little room there. There's a lot of bottles in there, too. What's that all about? <laughs> we have bottles in two segments. We have a, a bunch of liquor that's not available in the United States just for educational purposes, which is a lot of what we do. Mm. Just people come in and, hey, what's that? Let me try it, just to you know, pique curiosity. Uh-huh. And then we have a fully operational bar as well, just for making drinks. <laughs> for the staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Yes. There so you we go. definitely make drinks for the staff on a absolute regular basis. <laughs> we started a cool um, internal lecture series, if you wanted to call it that, where one staff member every Wednesday afternoon will, uh, Wednesday at five, will gather everybody around and they'll make a drink, um, they'll give a short little talk, so they'll either talk about 
I don't know, the first appearance of the Bee's Knees cocktail with a little historical background. Or they'll, uh, one of the interesting ones we did was, can we taste the difference between a shaken margarita and a stirred margarita? Hmm. Um, you know, and we basically just, a brief lecture, brief little bit of education, but it kind of, it, it brings everybody together. It allows us to talk about, you know, both the product in, in a different sort of way, but also about know, the staff cocktails generally. I mean, our staff has grown where it's you know, yeah. no longer like four cocktail nerds <laughs> now. People that work in the, the warehouse, but, but everybody has an interest. I don't think you would enjoy your job here if you weren't. Right. So, it may not have been a cocktail nerd when you got hired, but <laughs> <laughs> it happens pretty quickly. So, yeah, yeah. So the in house lectures are good for uh, everybody from you know, the shipping department, the art department, mm. everybody comes in. Right. And interest in giving that kind of thing to the general public, sort of like Astor Wines does? Um, yeah, we may. I mean, we're actually talking about doing a series. I mean, I travel around and lecture. Um, and Don Lee travels around the world and lectures. Ethan started doing, uh, started hitting the lecture circuit a little bit. So right. we certainly do that all. I mean, I think I lectured out of my lecture in Australia and all over Europe last year. Right. So certainly do that. But uh, we did, yeah, we might do something consumer. That none of that is consumer based. True. So yeah, yeah. Could, uh, I think there's a big call for that. You know, like people mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon yeah. looking for something to do instead of a cooking class or yeah, you know yoga class <laughs> it'd be interested in taking a class on cocktails I think you know yeah no I think it'd be it'd definitely be good uh, we also own a bar called Golden Cadillac oh which is on the corner of 1st Avenue and 1st Street man. yeah oh I didn't so, know that <laughs> yeah so it's a good place to do lectures you know for I think especially just uh, nice for people to see it actually in a live bar and yeah could be fun I, I mean I guess on that token we've We've been having uh, something called 70s Sunday Series there. It's at Golden Cadillac. At Golden Cadillac. Mm-hmm. It's about once uh, once a month, and we'll bring in um, a bartender or a lecturer. Like we've had David Wondrich, and we've had uh, Jeff Barry, um, Jeff Beach Barry, and they'll they'll give a brief talk about 30 minutes or so on a specific topic pertaining to tiki or to. <laughs> Dave did the history of shots, um, <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. So he's a serious. <laughs> You know, historian. I know. <laughs> I saw that headline on the internet somewhere this morning. Yeah. I didn't get to read the, the article. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we've been we've been having um, we've been having those lecture series, and they're certainly open to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'd say attendance seems more the majority is industry, mm-hmm. but I've definitely seen people that uh, you know I know are not bartenders. Yeah. Uh, or bartending professionals uh, in there. <laughs> it's all very approachable. I was so, a little surprised so. when I went to Tales of the Cocktail. I started talking to people. And Oh no, we're, we just like cocktails, you know. We like to come to the show. We're not in the industry. Yeah, <laughs> we're well, a lot of people. More and more. Yeah, but well, yeah. it's a it's a great event, you know. It's, mm-hmm. You can see the appeal for people not even not in the industry. But uh, yeah, I think for people not in the industry, they actually sometimes try to get educated. I think people in the industry tell the cocktail mostly just party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's a great place. You know, it's, it's somehow seems so much more than just a, a bar supply company yeah, well, it, I mean, it's really it's, it's the advantage of when a company starts as a hobby rather than a business venture mm. because I also own a book publishing company which mm-hmm. is what you know is paying the rent okay. and then started bringing people on board and you know I had one employee and we started importing barware and then after importing because um, I have a manufacturing background we started manufacturing barware because some of the barware we were able to import was good but could be better mm. so uh, it's just a company that developed and the whole time, I mean, we're always handing out free information. Like, like I said, the library, people can come in and use it. Mm-hmm. Somebody wants to know about 
ice and dilution, Don Lee's always happy to answer any questions to anybody. I don't care if it's a home bartender or somebody from you know, a well-known bartender, they come and ask him questions. I mean, Ethan's dealing with, uh, with bars every day, and I don't think there's any booze-related question that we're not happy to answer. We don't know <laughs> off the top of our head, somebody on our staff does. Uh, so we just, it, it's not really, it's strange, it's not set up like a business, it's set up like, let's share information, share information. Everything down to Golden Cow, like the bar we own, you want to know one of our recipes mm. that we've been working on for you? Absolutely. <laughs> like, here it is. I mean, right. like, we don't hide anything. So, oh, cool. Um, other than we're hiding on the fifth floor of an office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but once you're here, you're fed. Well, even on that, I mean, the showroom, generally, we like to call it the epicenter of cocktail geekery. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the place to come if you want to talk shop about anything I mean we, we have the history of the Jack Rose well, yeah. <laughs> like, well actually, I've been thinking about that a lot lately <laughs> how about the brown derby that's one of my new favorites yeah I had one at a flat iron lounge recently mm-hmm. and it was the first time I'd had one in years you know I'm like this is great I could have interest I started to make them at my, my bar and at home and mm-hmm. it's, it's good yeah, good stuff lounge. nice nice you, bar yeah, yeah. Nice <laughs> close uh, to here so yeah <laughs> you can buy it pretty often <laughs> Any other favorite uh, bars around here? I know the uh, Nomad Hotel's gotten some accolades. Very yeah, recently. that's that's great. I mean, I think Eleven Madison Park, their sister place, makes some of the best cocktails in New York as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, I, you can go to the bar in jeans. You don't need to. I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable sitting in the restaurant in jeans, but we can mm-hmm. wander over there. And the bar team and the cocktails at Eleven uh, Madison Park are phenomenal. Mm. And again, very close to our offices. <laughs> cool. But yeah, there's a lot happening in New York. There's a milk and honey's on twenty third. Yeah, honey's right there. Yeah, I haven't been to no one yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna make it over there. I mean, this area seems to be bars seem to be springing up here like crazy. Yeah. Well, we moved into these offices a little under three years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say on Twenty Sixth Street between Fifth and Sixth, there wasn't anything. Now there are, I think, four bars. Uh, all of whom, all of them are doing high quality cocktails. Um, they all have programs, they're all customers, they're all in and out here all the time. So I mean, just just that one block, mm-hmm. 5th and 6th, it's, it's gone crazy. And I think that's indicative, generally. You can kind of extrapolate from that. Oh, while we're uh, good locally, though, the majority of our business is out of the US. Mm-hmm. Less than half of our business is in the US. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's... Things are growing here, but Italy's an amazing market. Italy's always had great bartenders, but most of them worked in London. Oh. <laughs> so they're actually staying in Italy. You know? All right. Um, and we deal with, I mean, I mean, absolutely all over the world. That's like great. Not, you know, it's not Europe. It definitely is Europe, but it's also Asia, Middle East. We got an inquiry um, from Kuala Lumpur. Did we? This morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really strong awesome. for a hotel. <laughs> yeah, we ship all over. South America, we do quite well. Yeah, Africa, less, but not, not, you know, basically in the north and the south, we do okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's been interesting. We definitely, we, we've got our Melbourne, uh, Australia, and our London offices as well. So <laughs> those are actually two separate uh, locations. Oh, and good. We've got uh, staff members in. The clock, so. Wow, mm-hmm. it's quite a quite a company. Yeah. I guess it's a hobby out of control. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a business. Yeah, that's sort of like my podcast. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's you know meeting cool people like yourselves and going at cocktail events and educating myself. You know, well, it's been fun too because we now have we're, our, our reach is big enough that we can start doing even more specific 
nerdy things. Mm. Um, like we're working with Jeff Beach Bumberry with uh, he's the author of Potions of the Caribbean, which we published. Which that's fine. There's a ton of tiki. The book sells extremely well. It's a great book. Uh-huh. But we also, with him, created a navy grog cone. It's a single-use thing. It's a metal cone. The pack with, with crushed ice and stick a straw on it, and it's meant to make a navy grog. <laughs> but our customer base is big enough now that we can do very serious single-use things. Right. So we're actually starting to bring out more barware that we're doing reproductions of some antique barware oh, that neat. won't be huge numbers and it yeah. won't be inexpensive either because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time and effort to make it, but we're, uh, we're doing more you know, interesting things than bartenders come to us. Why doesn't this exist? Well, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, become, uh, it's a really good time for us right now. Yeah, cool. Well, that must be a great thing when bartenders come and sort of suggest uh, improvements or new products. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. We're, That's a cool thing. We're in that position where we're small enough that we're easily accessible, but we're actually big enough now that we have the resources to get stuff done. So it's a really nice place in the life cycle of a business. Very cool. Uh, you think I could peek in at this library? Sure. <laughs> should be awesome. Sure, it's right there. It's through that door. <laughs> All right. Mike's guarding it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's chronological. So uh-huh. It starts with a book from 1676, which is actually about cider. Oh, wow. Uh, in oddly good condition, but it is original. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, paper has no acids or lasted. I'm not touching um, that one. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, then some from the 1700s, then it really starts in 1862, Jerry Thomas's first book. We have, mm-hmm. I think, 12, 13 different versions of it. Wow. In different printings. Uh-huh. Um, and then it just goes from there. So Cool. Uh, it's really really quite complete up through the 1950s mm-hmm. after that we have a good collection but it's from 1862 Jerry Thomas to the 1950s we have almost every known cocktail book. wow not everyone <laughs> almost every <laughs> there's still a couple <laughs> that we're looking for cool so, well I won't keep you any longer I appreciate your time no problem yeah of course take a look alright <laughs> take this with me in case there's anything I want to comment on okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is the book from. Wow, this is the 1676 wow. book. Holy cow! Uh, and these are the 1862 Jerry Thomases. Mm. Uh, then he updated in 1876, uh-huh. and again in 1887 after his death, it was updated. And you saw replicas of of this these, one. This is actually the first. exact one we did the wow facsimile. <laughs> that book itself is the one we scanned and did. Um, so this goes through 1899. Wayman's is from 1899. Um, this has the first corpse survivor in it. Whenever something has the first in it, it makes mm. the book extra valuable. Oh wow! So that's from 1871. The uh, gentleman's table guide has the first known corpse survivor recipe in a book. Uh, yeah, I mean it just keeps going. So let's. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is um, William Schmidt, The Flowing Bowl from uh, 1892. <laughs> widely considered like the first modern bartender because instead of making oh, the yeah. same old drinks, he would use ice cream or mm. he'd, every day he'd create a new drink and his uh, bar was right next to the newspaper offices. Uh-huh. So anytime somebody from one of the newspapers, the major New York newspapers, would mm. want a quote, they'd wander down to the <laughs> old William, he's called, they called him the only William, to his bar, belly up to the bar and be like, so what are people drinking these days? By the way, make me one. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was in New York, of course, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so then it starts with uh, 1900. 
um, this book. Louise McStrings has the first American book with a dry martini called a dry martini. Oh, yeah? In it. Was, uh, um, what's the recipe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's take a look. I think it's one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet uh, dry vermouth to... Uh, Any bitters? Orange bitters? So, it's actually got... Two dashes of orange bitters, one dash of curacao, one liquor glass of French vermouth. Oh no, so it's two to one. It's pretty. Two to one. It's pretty dry. Uh huh. For that day and age, so mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, yeah, two of gin, and then a small piece of lemon peel on top. Nice. So. Was mar- that's not a margarita. What is that? Underneath yeah, the that. margarita is uh, a related drink made with um, Plymouth. Always, it almost always states that it's made with Plymouth gin mm. originally. It's also in Stewart's Mixed Drinks, another book. Um, but Maraschino instead of the Curacao in this version. Mm. So, yeah. But it's fun to find different things than uh, Hoffman House Bartender's Guide, one of the rarest books there is. Hmm. We're doing a reproduction of this one next with an intro by Jim Behan. Oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. So then Prohibition ends. 1930, <laughs> Prohibition's ending. Mm-hmm. It ends, and there's an explosion of books. Good, <laughs> right. bad. Some publishing company had a book lying around that was terrible from pre-Prohibition. They don't care. They republished it. Right. Like anything, because it had booze-related. <laughs> so 1930s, 1940s included David Embury's fine art of mixing drinks. Every, you know, the Canadian, this is British, Canadian, American paperbacks, first edition, first, this is the first edition, first printing. Um... <laughs> And then it all starts over in other languages. <laughs> so, what, I, what I don't see here was my first cocktail book when I was about 16 years old, Mr. Boston. Every uh, printing ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I had to do was ask. Yep. Uh, <laughs> every printing. First I'd say every even, printing up to the 70s. I don't know if we have every printing since the 70s. <laughs> I don't know. Even when I was reading it back then, I was like, a lot of these drinks I would never make. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. When people... I divide cocktail books into two separate categories. There are curated or created ones, and there are ones that are just like massive collections. Mm, right. They're not written, and that's a book where it's just they just took tons of recipes and put it in a book, mm-hmm. as opposed to, hmm, I like this one, let me add it to my book. Or, right. I created this one, let me add it to my book. Mm-hmm. That one's just a mess of recipes. So yeah. You have to, you almost need to know more. Right. You'd almost, you'd almost be better just making yourself. I mean, with that, if, if something's just a huge mass of things, you have to know not just what every ingredient is, but you have to think, what is this going to taste like? Yeah. You're going to have a lot of disappointments, otherwise you're going to end up making drinks like the bunny hug. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Always. <laughs> what the hell is that? Now we're going to eat equal parts absinthe, oh, um, gin, three ingredients of which shouldn't be in a glass together. <laughs> Here's the Navy Grog that I was talking about that has, mm-hmm. that we have make the cone for it's to make that ice cone right there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's submerged. There's not a great... Oh, it's, so it surrounds the straw. See, yes, correct. Yeah. Oh, that's and cool. It's a cone, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's the original Trader Vic's menu from 48, is it? Oh, neat. This on the back is... 47. <laughs> the prices are... Totally right. <laughs> 75 cents. That's expensive. <laughs> this is... Cases of Bacardi from the 50s, 1953. Wow. <laughs> There's lots of stuff. If, uh, the original uh, wooden drambouille. Yeah, wooden drambouille. It's an oh. open case of drambouille from the 50s. Oh, wow. A wooden crate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for well, showing me this. Come back and play on the libraries. Great. Pleasure well, cool. Meeting. Same here. Thank you so Take much. Care. I really appreciate it.
Real pleasure. Thank you so yeah, much. Absolutely. All right. I really enjoyed talking with those guys. They were very generous with their time and gracious hosts. I'm looking forward to seeing them again at Tales of the Cocktail this year, where they'll set up the they set up a uh, retail shop there, and you can buy all kinds of bitters and their uh, some of their products and things like that. And, and uh, that, so that's pretty cool. I remember that from last year. So looking forward to seeing those guys again. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Please check out our website, bartenderjourney.weebly.com. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y, bartenderjourney.weebly.com. And uh, get in touch for any reason. You can get a hold of me on email at vince.bartender at gmail.com or on Twitter at barkeeptips. And if you're looking for world-class bar tools, check out cocktailkingdom.com. Cheers. I'll talk to you next week.